So today our reading comes from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. These same words appear a little bit different in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. And so he begins by telling his disciples not to worry, just like the passage we just read in Matthew. And then in verse 31, he says, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then in verse 32, it says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I want to talk today about this idea of the kingdom, because I woke up and I've been thinking about this verse over and over. And sometimes that'll happen when the Lord wants to really highlight something for me. The verse, a particular verse will be in my head. I'll sleep and then I'll wake up still thinking about it. So that's what it's been like for me the past few days about this verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that, of course, was in Matthew. So I wanted to look at those words in the Greek to see if we can get a deeper, clearer understanding of what Jesus was talking about. The first word that I looked up was kingdom. So it comes from Matthew 6, verse 33. Kingdom in that verse is basilia. That's the Greek word. And it's translated in English as rule or realm, a kingdom and reign. That was from Strong's Concordance. In Thera's Concordance, it actually says it's royal power, kingship, dominion, and rule. And here, one of their definitions says not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. It's also the royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah, and then of the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. So I thought this was interesting because in light of Genesis, I want to go back to a scripture in Genesis, and that's Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, 
let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So I think this is interesting because if you go back to that verse in Genesis talking about the fact that God made man in his own image and he gave him the dominion over all the earth and everything that was in the earth. The only thing that he did not give man dominion over was other men. But everything that was in the earth, all of the birds of the air, the cattle of the field, the trees, the flowers, everything, everything in the earth, he gave man dominion over. And that's again reiterated in Psalm 8 and starting with verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. But that word is actually Elohim, which means Lord. So he's made us a little lower than himself. He has crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. So in thinking about these verses, I've just been really meditating on this idea of kingdom and the idea that God created man in his likeness, we are created in his image. He gave us authority and dominion over everything in the earth and everything that would set itself up against God's kingdom. And we know that God's kingdom is in all righteousness. So everything that is not of righteousness is not acceptable in the kingdom. And he gave us dominion and authority to rule over those things. And in fact, that's the second part, the second word that I wanted to highlight from Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So there's the key in order for us to be able to walk in this dominion and walk in this authority over all the things that try to establish themselves up over the kingdom or against those purposes and plans of God in order to walk in that full dominion and authority, we must first also seek his righteousness. And we've talked about this in earlier posts about his righteousness, that we are made in Christ, the righteousness of God. But what our responsibility is in that, yes, we were positionally given that title, righteousness, through the work that Jesus Christ did for us. But we've also talked about how we also have a responsibility in order to bring our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions into alignment with his righteousness and his purposes and his spirit. And we do that by renewing our mind according to the word of God. So we have a part to play in this in order for us to really walk in that power and authority that he died to give us. If you go to Luke, here's another example of a verse that Jesus gave to his disciples. So if you have your Bible, you can go with me to Luke 10. So it's Luke chapter 10, and we'll start with verse 18. Well, let me start with verse 17. 
because he's talking about sending not only his disciples out, but now he sent an additional 70 others out as well. And he sent them out in pairs to go out and preach the kingdom and heal the sick. And so these verses appear just after that commission. So starting with verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, so listen, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So here's the distinction. This is something that we really need to focus on in these passages, this idea, yes, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else falls into place in our lives. But we are not to focus on those things falling into place in our lives. We're to focus on the one, the kingdom of the one that we belong to, that actually enables us to be able to walk in his power and authority. So I know it's a little bit of a subtle distinction as I'm speaking this out, but the idea comes back again to where is our focus? Where is our focus? Is it on the things in life that we are chasing after? No, he said that the Gentiles, the unbelievers chase after those things. Instead, we, the way that we operate in his kingdom, according to his principles, is that we seek him first and his righteousness and every one of our needs is met. And not only that, he's given us authority and power over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. So in order for us to stay in his protection, we have to come into alignment with his kingdom and his righteousness. And then we can rest in the assurance and the trust that God himself will meet every one of our needs and protect us from all harm. There's another verse that speaks to this that I've only recognized recently. And it's found in 1 John. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. So there's a principle here that we really need to meditate on and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us grasp and take hold of this reality. That when we seek him, when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and we align ourselves to the word of God, it says that we keep ourselves and the wicked one does not touch us. So this is a condition. We can't expect to live our lives the way we want to live our lives without focusing on his will and his righteousness and his kingdom, and then think that we're going to receive all the benefits as a child in that kingdom. We must first align ourselves with his truth, his word, and that we 
as much as possible. We are continuing to walk in obedience to his righteousness, his commands that he gives us very clearly in his word. And it's not that this is a burdensome thing, right? He says in other verses that he has overcome the world. So when we entrust him and we rely on his strength, we can do all things according to the commands that he's given us in his word. We are able to walk in this reality. And that, of course, depends on our will to choose his reality and to choose to focus on his kingdom and his righteousness and not the things of the world. So I want to encourage you, as I am today, just meditating on this scripture and just realizing the amazing blessing and the treasure that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, that when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen.